recording. We can always edit later, so it's all good. Should we do the intro or should we wait? Yes. Oh. Just do the intro. Okay. <coughs> wow, well, what a good start. Are we calling this a bonus episode, or are we just are we gonna number this one? I forget. I don't. I don't know, man. It's episode thirty-one. It's very much. Thousands. I like how like your number started wrong and got more wrong. Yes. Just the proper the way. The return of an old friend. <laughs> I was on the very first episode of Q and A Quest, and now God help me, I will be on the very last. I think you were actually only on the second one. What? No, no. The pilot is just right. me and wheels, I think. Yes, you were not on the pilot. Oh, pilots don't count. I, I don't think the pilot would have been greenlit if you were, if you were on it. I'm just being fair. The cruelest start imaginable, but also entirely accurate. I mean, yeah, it's pretty much right. Can't say that's inaccurate. Okay, let's get this started. This is episode okay. uh, bonus. It's episode bonus, bonus episode beat. Let's call yeah. it that. All right, it's open. Nice beat. <laughs> I should like warn you all. I had like an absolutely ridiculous day today. I am barely alive, so yeah, let's let's do this thing. That's every day. But it was a particularly bad day. It sounded like. Let's get the show on the road. Yes, uh, I there were wee weird technical difficulties with my voice last episode again. I have no what, idea what happened. I you I don't know. I, I I went to edit it and my voice was like. Cutting in and out slightly. Bummer. It was terrible. So hopefully well, it doesn't happen this time. Did you make any changes at all? No! I didn't. <laughs> you know, I bet this wouldn't happen if we used something other than Skype. Oh, you're ruining the illusion. <laughs> well, know. technically speaking, my, the recording software is directly recording my mic input. If we, if so we were wrong, everyone, no, everyone on the Skype call actually recorded perfectly. <laughs> it's only me. <laughs> That's incredible, actually. That's yeah. really great. If we were a more high-rent operation, we would all be individually recording our uh, microphone output, and then you would splice them together at the end. If we were a more high-rent organization, I wouldn't be abandoning the call right now because I'm thirsty. Wow. We'd also be using Microsoft Teams. That's what it is. Now Should available for so your, your large or small enterprise. Call we, Microsoft now. We are absolutely not incorporating Q&A Quest, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, we should probably introduce ourselves while he's gone. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm Wheels, a.k.a. Mike Apps. Yes, wow. I know I did that backwards. Living Assuming. on the wild side. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, me, the legendary luminary, David McBurney, Family Master. And I'm back. That's his name, back. Oh. <laughs> Did I interrupt somebody? I feel no. bad, but not no, bad enough to stop doing it. No, you came in right after I finished introducing myself, so it's perfect. Oh, uh, yes, okay, I'm beat. I'm beat. That's it. Yeah. You I'm don't have to give your full name. I'm popular on the internet, yeah. but I'm not an influencer or anything. <laughs> Listen, if you've influenced on an amateur level, you're an influencer. I'm going to title this oh. episode The Influencer. Is that okay? <laughs> oh, no. Influencer. <laughs> the Influencer. Is that a new reality show? That sounds like oh, a reality no. show. <laughs> the Terrible Blight of the Influencers. That sounds like a terrible wrestling name. Like, you know. No. When wrestling no. promotions try to be I'm hip. Not, I'm not seeing it. Do something stupid I'm just like that. 
Let's go back to like the AWA's like last desperate team challenge series where you're getting dudes like the Milkman. <laughs> That's really good. That was like a freaking like <laughs> the team challenge series is very sad if you've never looked it up. But it's uh, it's interesting to watch what was once a successful wrestling uh, promotion die as opposed to like an unsuccessful one like TNA where it's just kind of sad. Did 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 he come out to the um uh, to the Billy Bragg song, The Milkman of Human Kindness? <laughs> Almost assuredly no. That's terrible, and I'm very upset now. It was the eighties. They didn't usually spring for licensed music. <laughs> I mean it's Billy Bragg. You could probably get it for like eight bucks and some bus tokens. That's where I point out that they usually just had Jimmy Hart write it in the WWF. <laughs> A guy enough. they already employed. <laughs> Fair enough. Whatever. Uh it's gonna be one of those weeks. We had to uh, we had to dump recording on our usual time. So I was sick. Yeah, Wheels was very sick. He sounded like he was dying. Everything hurt, and I was dying. I actually was dying. What? Wow. It was a very very bad week, guys. Okay, moving on. Let's talk about that Dragon Quest thing you guys wanted to talk. Oh, about. Oh yeah, I want to do a bit of that before yeah. we get into questions because Dragon Quest Eleven is really good, guys. I know that a lot of you probably played it when it was new on PS4 and PC last year. Yeah, nobody but I'm played playing it because those Switch. systems blow. Wow. I can't wow. believe you've done this. <laughs> but hey, it's, it's out on Switch, and it seems to have a lot of nice new features, and also it runs really, really well for an Unreal Engine 4 title on Switch. Yeah. Like, disgustingly well. Impressive. Because that doesn't happen very often. Like the UE4 is officially supported on Switch, and you know games run on it. But I feel like it is not uh, the ones that I see usually don't run this well. I have seen maybe one or two frame drops below otherwise a locked 30 frames per second. It looks like a PS4 game. What other oh, UE4 games deal. are there on Switch? Apparently, uh, and this is just Grapevine. Does. Link's Awakening. What? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm hearing. It has, huh? Frame rate issues. I don't. It doesn't look like. <laughs> I'll I'll have to look into that. I feel like that. Like if that was true, I think part of the licensing agreement of Unreal Engine Four says you have to put it in there somewhere. Mm, that sounds fake to me. <laughs> but apparently, Nintendo is an official UE4 licensee, so it's mm. not impossible. Okay. okay, for a second I thought, like, I was looking at a list of Unreal Engine games. Like, the, the one that immediately comes to mind to me, of course, is uh, Bloodstained ran on it. And that has had <laughs> been very up and down on how it runs. Apparently Dragon Ball Fighters runs on it. It uses, uh, The Switch version would use that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, let's see. I'm just looking for Switch games that actually use this. Um... Fortnite runs on UE4, unsurprisingly. Fortnite. Yes, that. Uh, Sorry, I, I have. I'm I know. legally required to make that joke every time. Sorry. It's all right. It's, it's in my just contract. like me and Kingdom Hearts. It's the way it works. Can you just like, can you kick me some of the money on that? Like, I could... <laughs> oh, oh no! They, it's you know, it's part of it's the, a court order. Not yes, a... it's a court order. <laughs> it's a court order thing. Uh, Hellblade Send with Sacrifice ran on it. That went pretty well. Um, um, but yeah, like it's it's not super common on Switch. It totally works, but 
Oh, this is amazing. I think... I love looking at, like, a Wikipedia list that hasn't been updated in years. Those are my favorite kind of Wikipedias. Because it refers to a game that uh, is labeled as targeting Microsoft Windows and Project Morpheus. (laughs) That's awesome. Which, if you don't remember, was the codename for PSVR, which was released several years ago. Oh, it's the only way you can play PS4 right now. My favorite uh, Wikipedia oh, pages yes, <laughs> are the ones that were clearly written by somebody who was super hyped about something that didn't exist yet, and then totally forgot to like go back to the Wikipedia once it started existing, so that it just like has at the very end, oh, it was released on so-and-so date, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, there's some of these, like, they're games I've literally did not realize happened. MotoGP 2018. Uh no more heroes. Uh, Travis strikes again. Oh, Travis strikes again. Yes, that did use UE4. Pro- presumably, no more heroes. Three also uses it. Yeah, uh, I'm hyped for that one. So am I. We all are. You aren't we wheels? You are. I'll, yes. I'll fight you until you are. Uh, let's see. Snake Pass that had some performance issues. Did uh, it? I never saw. Uh, it. Yes, mild ones. Mild okay. ones. Well, I guess. I guess. A few frame drops here and there doesn't really matter for that game anyway. Yeah, I think it's just that it ran at 60 on other platforms. Uh, uh, Spyro Reignited Trilogy, that's a pretty good port. Okay, this is, this is mostly, it's just like, there are UE4 games on Switch. They kind of run the gamut in terms of how well optimized they are, but the Q11 is very well optimized. So, Well, I have to imagine that's going to sell... A lot of copies of Japan. I think it already has, but... Oh, almost assuredly. It's weird that it came out in Japan and the U.S. at the same time. That is unheard of. The last <laughs> DQ I played extensively was um, DQ9 on the Nintendo DS. Mm, and that one had um, the most wonderful character creator, because you could give literally everybody gigantic mohawks. Can you do <laughs> this in Dragon Quest XI? Please, no, because you have you have to find characters in eleven. It's like Dragon Quest Eight Two. That's devastating and heartbreaking, and I'm very sad now. Listen, you got like you got your game with Dragon Quest Nine. Now I get my game with Dragon Quest Eleven because okay, I really okay, like Dragon question. Quest. Follow up question: Is there like a personality quiz tester that can, you if you know lie that to God, yes, the yes, there is. If you lie to God, it'll tell you you're a pervert, and then you just stock your party full of Playboy bunnies. Yes, that's absolutely in there. As, as long as there are no follow-up questions, yes, yeah, uh, I love the um, only way to get the um, uh, the lewd um, uh, like personality trait in Dragon Quest Three is to lie to God. <laughs> that's also the most powerful personality. So that's <laughs> yeah. You gotta you, you, yeah. You basically have to like. You basically have to like um uh, just ask like the quest answer the question chain until it asks you a question he already asked and then answer that one differently and he'll be like whoa whoa hold up you said the other one earlier like twenty seconds ago what's your deal bro? <laughs> Dragon Quest Three is now available on your Switch with sadly uglied up graphics but still Dragon Quest Three yeah they're yeah, good. Not terrible they're. Not as bad as the Final Fantasy five and six on mobile ones. Uh, the best Dragon Quest three graphics are Game Boy Color. Yeah, I said it. Fight me, IRL. You're you're not willing to you're you're willing to fight against the Super Nintendo one with animated sprites. I'm willing to fight that because Game okay. Boy Color. <laughs> I'll I'll take your word. 
The Game Boy Color is based off of the Super NES version, as are basically all subsequent versions. Yeah, no, it's actually, um, I gotta say this, the sprites on the enemies actually shockingly well animated, considering, you know, Game Boy Color. Yeah, it's weird that they kept the... They're more animated on the Super Famicom, but, I mean, it's impressive that they kept it at all. I'm just really a sucker for, like, um, uh, four-color sprites <laughs> being very surprisingly, like, fluid and bouncy. It's extremely impressive. Oh, all right. oh man. I, I'm going to briefly discuss uh, my favorite new enemy. It's not new. Technically, these appeared in Dragon Quest X. We didn't get DQ10, so they're new to me, uh, which is the uh, Sham Hat Witch. I approve which of is, Oh, yeah. That they are... Good. These tiny—they are tiny little pig man. They're tiny little pigs, but they have giant witch hats. They're beautiful. I love them. It's—I'm just really happy every time I see them. <laughs> I'm hoping to find palette swaps of them later. That is all. All right. Uh, Good game. Let's see. Let's see. It's also. Uh, I guess, it's also the definitive edition, so your PS4 version is now a coaster. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I waited, because I probably wouldn't have gotten very yeah. far on the PS4 version for a multitude of reasons. Or, like but, mine, uh, your PS version is no longer in your possession, because you sold it. Because why? why, why but why you kept the case. Well, yeah, it's my, a steelbook. My personal experience with um, uh, long, long JRPGs, which Dragon Quest is definitely probably the top, like... The, the king of that category. None of them. None of them is longer than seven. But yeah, I mean, okay, yes, but like my personal like experience with the Dragon Quest style JRPGs, where it's very much, oh, you're going to walk forever and fight forever, and then some plot will happen, and then you'll do it again. Um, it's a good gameplay loop. I'm not dissing it. Uh, is that they are almost always better in handheld form because that way you're not hogging the TV to walk forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. Also, and you can, like, I play just, them for 30 minutes before going to sleep. Also or just, good. you know, play them on your transit commute if you aren't the one driving. Yes, exactly. It's oh, very you, low. I'm, uh, they're they're comfortable that while not driving? Wheels, I don't... I, I trust you to be more responsible than that, even <laughs> as a joke. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, it's, it's a very good handheld game. I'm surprised how many more save points are in this one. There's a lot more save points in this one. You'll just find wandering priests or goddess statues just hanging around. Well, it does auto-save when you transition. It also auto-saves, but I just never fully trust auto-saves in yeah, this neither. game because I don't fully know when they happen. But like the addition of auto-saves and a lot more save points mean that it also just feels better as a portable game than it might otherwise have. So, It's good. I recommend it. The 2D mode is cute. It's clearly Frankensteined in there in a very difficult fashion. Uh, where basically, like, when you want to switch to 2D mode, it's like, okay, uh, what part of the story do you want to start in 2D mode? <laughs> <laughs> like, I am convinced that it's probably something to do with making sure that all of the event flags are set up in such a way that the game actually knows where you are and that it doesn't try... Like, there was probably some sort of hellacious debugging to make that work. Mm. Oh, I'm sure so. there's, like, a million... Like, a million um, uh, checkboxes it has to tick uh, to try and, like, transfer what is essentially a PS4 game into an SNES game. 
Well, so what it, my question is, like, for any like plot segments, do they have like little um, old school, like fantasy star four styled uh, little comic panels? I don't do know. They just, but like, I'm go, guess, or they just I'm, force you to watch the cutscenes? God damn gonna, it, that would be no, amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna say you're just not gonna see them because, like, the very nature of how Dragon Quest Eleven operates as a 2D game is to make it seem like the series hasn't changed one lick since 1993. Well, that's a while. Like, and back then, Dragon Quest didn't really have a plot other than, hey, there, there's a castle over there, you should probably... No, 1993 is post-Dragon Quest V. Four and five both have fairly decent plots. Wow, my, um, uh, uh, my internal Dragon Quest like, calendar is way off. Well, we, we did miss the Super Nintendo game, so... Yeah. There's, like, no... Uh, like, I That seems early to me as well. <laughs> Dragon Quest V is a 1992 video game. That's um, crazy. But uh, let's see. So, like, in so like the way that it works when it's in two D mode. In, in three D mode, the game has on screen encounters. In two D mode, those are gone. It's random encounters only. Uh, the menu system is completely redone to behave exactly as it did in old school Dragon Quest. Yeah, there that surprises no, me. <laughs> there is no voice acting. You do still have the option of orchestrated or synthesized music, which is nice. That's really cool. Um. The but like the sprites are all in very much in keeping with like sort of Dragon Quest six era Dragon Quest sprites because they are definitely nicer than like the Dragon Quest five sprites that are kind of like what if the NES had more colors? Uh, <laughs> but in general, like there's there there is however a mark of some of the new content is specifically content that used to only exist in the 3DS version because they only exist in 2D. So there's like some of the new content is these little uh, nightmare creatures that live in a in a weird time travel world called like Talkington or something. And when you go there, they're like, hey, someone's screwing with the plots of the old Dragon Quest games. You go find the passwords to get into those and then you go, you know, fix old Dragon Quest games to make sure Past they progress words? the way they're. Yeah, Past password words. is the pun that I, they came up with. That one that one hurt. That. That I one hurt that. here. I know you did, Wheels. It's a dad joke, and you are a dad. Um, but what I was going to say was that, yeah, you find the passwords, and they take you to a tiny recreation of, like, an like the first one you get is, like, a Dragon Quest One era, like, recreation. And, you know, it takes you there, and, of course, there is no 3D version of that, though that would be kind of cool, actually. But, uh... There's no 3D version of that, so you have to, like, you're just wandering through a tiny town from Dragon Quest 1, and it's like, go fix this so that the plot goes the way it's supposed to. But, yeah, so, so it's that. Quantum Leap Dragon Quest? Uh, you're not pretending to be the hero from Dragon Quest, but otherwise, sure. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's, it's very cute. There seems to be at least, like, 20 of these scenarios. It'll be interesting to see. There are 10 books here, which means some of them are likely content from Dragon Quest X. The only English-translated content from Dragon Quest X. Weird. Uh, there are... That would also mean that they have to do, like, sprite interpretations of games like 8 and 9, which were previously only in 3D. See also 10, which was an MMO and thus also in 3D. But the 3D mode is very much seemingly designed for people who definitely don't want Dragon Quest to still be in 1992 because it has tons of little niceties uh, and it's designed to look like a new game without actually changing anything about how Dragon Quest plays. My personal favorite being that you can walk your character around the battlefield and that does nothing. 
Not a single thing. <laughs> that is pretty good, actually. <laughs> like, it's designed to look like, sort of like MMO con- combat. Like, oh, your party members can jockey around and they'll just attack it when it's their turn and such. That's uh, that's not what's happening, though. You're still just doing Dragon Quest uh, stuff. Oh, that's another thing. This is actually a significant change. When you are in 2D mode, it's traditional Dragon Quest in the same sense that when you select all of your party's turns at once, oh, and that's they weird. do things. But when you're in 3D mode, you do uh, you select your character's turns when they happen, which means that there is one substantive difference, which is in 2D mode, there is an advantage to having your party in AI mode because they can make decisions after you would have to. But in 3D mode, there's no reason to do that because, you know, you can just make decisions right when their turn comes up. Big fan of the game, though. Uh, it looks really good. It plays really well. Uh, the new content is, well, quote-unquote, new content. The uh, updated, the new-to-us content is very interesting. Uh, it's just really good. Yeah. Big fan. So now all we're missing is the 3D mode from the 3DS version. Which... We're never getting that. Just <laughs> fine, because it's not... Nearly as pretty as uh, 3D in video games, like like stereoscopic 3D, is an interesting like uh, evolutionary dead end. Oh, I don't. We're not even talking about stereoscopic 3D. They had to make for 3DS like an entirely different because it was an entirely different engine. They had to make an entirely different set of 3D models and like dungeons. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I don't think the 3DS version even supports the 3D effects. Oh, probably not, because that, that would save them a lot of uh, a lot in terms of processing. Not yeah, have gonna... to make two versions of every image. Plus everybody, plus everybody who played them uh, the 3DS for any amount of time, like played it for, like five minutes in 3D, was like, huh, that's kind of neat, and then smashed that thing down to zero and never looked at it again. I turn, yeah, it up, I turn it up all the time. Of course you do. <laughs> Unsurprising. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking at the 3DS version of it now just to see what that looked like, and it's it's charming enough. It's it looks a lot like uh, Dragon Quest VII 3DS. Yeah. <laughs> it's cute that they did the gimmick for the beginning where you have the 2D on the bottom screen and 3D on the top screen, but like they kind of stopped doing that after a minute. Yeah, that's. They got tired of that. It seems impossible yeah, to keep up with. Yeah, there's there's situations where they don't line up. Um, the other thing to note would be that there is actual like straight up new content that only exists in this version, but it is much further in the story than where I am. But uh, Are there any new party members or anything like that? I don't believe there's any new party members, but there's new interactions with the old ones. Okay. Uh, there is one new party member. His name is Jimothy, and he's a very secret. Only I know about him. Only. Uh, I oh, man, him. I can't believe I'm talking to Beat on the playground in fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> My uncle works at Nintendo. <laughs> he said they put him, in, put him in there because I said I wanted him. He's like a skeleton, but he only has two bones. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Are you the same one that told me that you can get General Leo in Final Fantasy VI? No, but I oh, am. Oh, yeah, we're one of the people that believe get that. Up, uh, Street Fighter and Mega Man. <laughs> and Remember that one wasn't that? a lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that, those those rumors were always fun. I got uh, I didn't actually believe most of these, 
until okay. So I, I got roped in by the Pokemon uh, rumors, but only because the I th- assumed that the missing no one couldn't possibly be true because all the steps to it were stupid, and the things that they said it did were stupid. <laughs> but then that then one was exactly real. What it, what it turned out to be. And so suddenly, like most of them, I still didn't believe, but I still wanted to believe there was a way to get Mew. Oh, there there are ways to get Mew. You just you okay? Know. Yes, but in 1999, there weren't. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Like, they, they existed in the game, but no one knew them yet. It took forever for people to find a bug that would get you Mew, and it's actually really hard to pull off. Um, but yeah, no, these these 3D models in Dragon Quest XI 3DS are cute, but in Essential, it's just sort of chippified. It's very clearly just them kind of taking the same kinds of models. That they It feels like the models were designed for these style of the PS4 version and then shrunken rather than that this artwork was intended to be seen this way. Right. But it's cute. It has furigana, which makes it a relatively approachable game in Japanese. Uh, Sure. I said relatively. Furigana is very important. Um, But yeah. So that's, that's Dragon Quest 11 discussion, I think. Uh, I had nothing to contribute to any of that. Can we talk Don't about Link's Awakening? Oh, you could. Because I finished I it. I haven't played it yet. I wrote a you review. Did it. Oh, man. What'd you uh, give it, Wales? I haven't read it yet. I read the review. I just I have not read it yet either. 4.5 out of 5. Although I did okay. check the review list because I was waiting for via my Grandia HD review to go up. Don't worry. It's, uh, it's actually being templated to be proofed, so... No, okay, sweet. I have been enjoying Grandia HD, although it's not really HD. It's more like Grandia smoothed out. Oh, no. <laughs> the the update the updates to the visuals are not great. I would rather they just hadn't updated the visuals. Like if they just called it Grandia yeah, no. and said it's Grandia and just just chopped the, off the I HD think, altogether. <laughs> I think the background updates are good. I think that the 2D sprite updates are very bad. Yeah, um, yeah. The um, uh, the smoothing effect is awful. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and it's also not per- like it's obviously for one. Of course, it was pre-applied rather than being applied in real time. And two, uh, it's obviously not applied to every sprite. There are a couple of animations that have sprites that are not smooth. Oh yeah, yeah, it's looks really bad when you notice it. Um, if it was all chunky pixels, I would love it. I would be yeah. Like, no, I'm, yes. I'm still hoping they announced a patch for it in November. I'm still hoping that one of the things they give is the option to use the unretouched original sprites. Yeah, that'd be nice. I don't believe that's what's going to happen. What I do believe is going to happen is they'll fix the music looping issues. But uh, I honestly haven't noticed those. But then I'm usually playing it pretty low volume since I'm playing it on the couch with my wife. Yeah, I and noticed I it sense. quite a bit because I've heard all of those songs a million times. Ah. But yeah, uh, but yeah, Wheels. You wanted to talk about Link's Awakening? Yeah, it's really good because the original game was really good, and this is the original game with pretty graphics. Pretty graphics and a dungeon maker that is apparently pretty underwhelming. Uh, and really do this much. is important. And dedicated buttons for the sword and shield. Yes, I was gonna say, for, for... it makes uh, makes everything a lot easier. It doesn't necessarily make combat easier, but it just makes I wouldn't of... say easier. I would say less frustrating, yes. less irritating. <laughs> yes. 
there's less reasons for people to run into a rock and get a long message about it. It yep. means you can actually use your shield because in the original, uh, there's no reason. But you should be better off having something else in that on hand. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Game Boy is a cool system, but two buttons is not very many buttons. No. <laughs> two buttons. Four buttons if you wanted to get creative with start and select. But they didn't, <laughs> because that would have been a problem. That would have been bad. <laughs> but, yeah. Getting creative with start and select, never a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome game. Uh, yeah. It's still Link's Awakening. Which means, the which means that I will probably play it one day, and then I will somehow find a glitch that deletes my save file, as repeatedly has happened. Nice. I'm really hoping that the speedrunners just crack it crack it in half. I, I want this. The, the, the finest tool of speedrunning for original Link's Awakening is gone, but I'm curious what they find in its place. Yeah, like... I'm uh, Okay, I was talking to... Well, I'm not going to say his name, because this is a podcast, but... Uh, a, a guy who works at Nintendo, and this is Ooh. not a lie. He actually does work at Nintendo. My uncle who works at Nintendo. No, no, this is this is real. Yeah, yeah, I know I'm, what you're talking I, about. I just hung out with him at PAX for a little bit. I know who and you're talking. I was talking about. to him about Link's Awakening. He's like, so I'm like, so I know you couldn't put the map glitch in the game, but tell me that there is at least one like major glitch that you guys didn't fix. And he's like. Oh, I found one, and I did not tell anybody what the speedrunners find it. They're going to flip. It's awesome. <laughs> so I don't know what it is, but I suspect sooner than later, the game will just suddenly snap in half, and the, um, uh, and the world record time will suddenly be under five minutes. <laughs> We're just going to cut this entire section. <laughs> just for the sake of it. Uh but yeah, Link's Awakening. It looks yeah. pretty. I don't have sixty dollars to spare on it when I have all these other video games to play. Dragon Quest is a hundred hours long. Yeah, um, well, this... I love it because they reached a point where they were like, a lot of players are going to get some, some number of hours into this and not want to continue. So we're just going to roll credits after a certain point, and then like, if you want more story, there's still going to be more story. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that like just what um, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five does? <laughs> Uh, no, what it's doing is that, like, each of those endings is essentially tying up a different loose end. Ah, okay. But, uh, no, I mean, like, rolling the credits, like, all the time, all over the place. Well, it rolls the credits to tell you who designed each mission, which is actually rad. Oh, okay, that's fine. But, uh, yeah. Um, awakening. Play it. Yeah, it's still Link's Awakening. Again, I will play it eventually, and I will find the way to accidentally blow up my save file, as has happened every time I've played Link's Awakening, which is why I have a Pavlovian dislike of it. <sighs> I'm sure that's happened to me at least once. I've played through that game like a dozen times or so. Okay, I, I got... bought a copy of Link's Awakening DX uh, at GameStop back when they sold Game Boy Color games at GameStop. Took it home, put it in my Game Boy, turned it on, and every single save file ended up leading straight to the same corrupted screen. Whoever played that game before me did a number on it. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, I'm impressed. The worst thing I ever got from a GameStop was a Castlevania of Dawn of Sorrow where someone had spent a great deal of time. They'd only The file read like three minutes. It was clearly like someone had borrowed their DS and played it for like two seconds. But they had gotten way more interested in the name entry screen where they had drawn a very detailed uh, phallus. 
<laughs> that's just what you do when like you can write whatever you want. That's that was the entire point of the DS. They just spent it, they clearly had spent so much longer on drawing the palace than they had spent playing the game. I mean, yeah, <laughs> Godspeed, bold hero. That there, that's a gift. That's 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 your very own Ben Drown story. <laughs> I don't I don't think God. I was hurt by that. You were haunted by the palace. I was <sighs> not, thankfully. Oh, Wheels is having some flashbacks. Let's not go into old creepypasta. Uh, but, yeah. Um, I was, like, obsessed with that stupid thing for the longest time. <laughs> you were one of those people. You got into the ARG. Terrible. Yeah, I just watched the Nightmind video. I, I don't have time for, like, the whole deal. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't freaking know. Uh, uh, so I've been playing some more Breath of the Wild after playing Link's Awakening. Oh, yeah, I saw that, because that's what you've been logging into. Yeah. That's a good game. It's a really effing good yeah, game. Yeah, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that Breath of the Wild is still good. Breath of the Wild is fantastic. I need to finish my um, uh, my replay. I um, uh, got distracted by Grandia. Uh, I'm I need playing, to pick up... I'm playing Master Mode right now, which is... Uh, its own separate experience. I feel like Master Mode is one of the more undercooked Zelda ideas, seeing as it showed up in a lot of Zelda lately. That's Hero uh, Mode, which is different from Master Mode. Yeah, Master Mode is more enough. But the, um, uh, Breath of the Wild it had like its own sort of set of issues, where um, uh, sure, sure, it like threw off the difficulty curve, but not by very much. And the ways in which it did so made the game more frustrating than, I would say, challenging. Um, I did enjoy it, like, at the very beginning, because there was, like, the whole segment of the game where you had to, like, really rely on stealth and, like, really sneak around. And, like, there was, like, there was, like a very tangible threat all of a sudden in everything you did. And then once you got a little further in, you got more hearts, and all of a sudden it was just playing Zelda again, like the, the difficulty just sort of evaporated, uh, which I suppose happens like in the normal game as well, but, but it was more noticeable in Master Mode until I got to the super secret bonus boss and ended up like in a situation where I had broken all of my weapons and was rapidly running out of arrows and s- still was not able to damage him quickly enough to like overcome Master Mode healing. And we were just sort of locked in a stalemate. But while I could not beat him, he couldn't beat me either. So <laughs> it was a situation where I couldn't win the fight, equipped as I was, but I couldn't lose the fight either. And that that was that was just irritating. That was That's why I don't play hard mode on RPGs. They just aren't fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was I was not thrilled with um uh, with, with that. I need to pick up why, which is why my um, which is the why the replay I need to get back to is just normal mode replay because you know. I just need to pick up the champion's ballad since I never did that, and then properly finish the game. Oh well. Champion's ballad is good. Yeah, video game Breath of the Wild still good. Yeah. After all these years. Surprising, I know. Best game of 2017. Fair. That's saying some stuff because um, uh, we also got um, we also got. Uh, Mario Odyssey that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn, um, <laughs> and some, and that which I assume somebody has played. I I have. It sold like five million yes. copies. It's well, really good. Um, that's great. I wasn't any of those five million people. <laughs> it's 
not the game you would expect from, from the tagline the from the developers of Killzone. <laughs> Man, Killzone was amazing for being a franchise that went on for like five entries and that I don't think anyone ever actually liked that much. <laughs> I heard good things about it. It was one of those situations, like, what I mean is, I guess, it was no one's favorite. Okay, that is definitely for be- fair. For being a series that would routinely sell millions and millions of copies, I never heard someone be like, this is great, this is like my favorite FPS franchise. It's like, it was a game you bought because there was a lot of there was a lot of marketing and you knew people who were buying it. It was a game you bought because you owned a PS4 and you couldn't or play PS3 Halo. Re- PS3, PS3 re- couldn't play Halo. <laughs> yeah, kinda. It was, oh man. Oh man, but yeah, the the history of like the the Killzone two uh, trailer that Sony trotted out at E three two thousand five is significantly more interesting, really. <laughs> but uh, that game is very red. Yeah, as opposed to their prior ones, where that game is really really gray. Yeah. Oh god. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Uh, do we want to hit any questions, or are we just going to treat this as a... We'll hit the questions. Let's do the questions. Any I'm, questions? I'm ready to answer questions. Any questions <laughs> that Gaijin would not have much interest in? Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, hmm. Or we can just invent questions. That seems wrong. Here's one that uh, like we can always revisit quickly anyway. Uh, from Crawl, simpler one. Weirdest box art for an RPG. Ooh. I can think of a lot of bad box art. Like whenever I think of this, like my first thing is like, oh, Breath of Fire 2 is just tremendously bad fantasy art. Uh, and a tremendously bad game. Oh, we're not doing this. <laughs> we antagonize them further, Wales. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll stop. Uh, all right, all right. I have a contender, uh, Crystallis. Oh, what does that look like? I forget what this one looks like. Like, imagine an eyeball growing out of a tree, and a dude like like wearing tights and like a little like on a tunic shirt, uh, just sort of like walking by it, waving his arms around, like, "Hey, I'm walking over here." Oh yeah, yeah. That's kind of what that looks like. Um, but no, the true greatest one has to be what's the one with the really whipped, with the really ripped wizard. <laughs> I don't remember, man. That's a really generic description. <laughs> I I just I just googled ripped wizard box art. Was That's not going to help. <laughs> so I'm going to bring up another one that solstice. Noti- That's it, solstice. Oh, of course it's solstice. That's not an RPG, dude. Um, <laughs> it counts. It's got it's, a wizard in it. Is phalanx an RPG? Phalanx yes. is not an RPG. It will fight you. <laughs> it is a game where you play a role. As a ship. No, no, we're not doing that. We can are we, absolutely. Can we not. talk about its box art anyway? No, because that's the banjo player is already infamous. That's a game my parents, I think, bought me from like a a yard sale or something, and brought it home, and it's like, what is this? <laughs> and then you just owned it forever. Yeah, Alex Banjo Man is good, and anybody who says otherwise is a liar. So I'm bringing up Fantasy Star 2's American box art for being bad enough that the Japanese developers eventually commented on it. Oh, yeah, no. The Fantasy Star American box arts are bad. Uh, they are bad because they are not good. Ooh, ooh, ooh can I tell my usual fun- Fantasy Star 2 story? Go, Go ahead. ahead. 
So my parents were in some Funkoland asking oh, no. uh, about games to get me for Christmas, and specifically Fantasy Star 2. And someone there told me that they, sh- they should not purchase Fantasy Star 2. Instead, they should get me Fantasy Star 3. That's the new one. It's better. So that's <laughs> what I got for Christmas. <laughs> I'm sorry, Wheels. And to this day, I've never played uh, Fantasy Star 2. Huh. <laughs> Beyond, like... The first hour or so. Just, just grab like one of the collections and slam through yeah, it. Yeah, I have like a bajillion Sega collections at this point. Plus, yeah, like plus said, a Genesis Mini. Is yeah. it on the Genesis Mini or is only four on there? I think only four is on there. Okay. Two is on the Japanese one, but they don't have four, so we kind of went out. Uh, let's see, but yeah, no, I love the Fantasy Star 2 box art because like they made a joke about it in Sega Gaga. Like the like, Nay is in that game, and she complains about how she looks on the American box art of Fantasy <laughs> Star Two. That is pretty nice. great. So yeah, that's uh, that's some bad box art. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. It's there's a lot of early Japanese RPG localizations where like the box art is just like someone badly cosplays a wizard. <laughs> Like Solstice. Solstice is someone really excellently cosplaying a wizard. That's true. <laughs> also, that's like not like I'm talking about like trying to look like semi-realistic in the way that something like Fantasy Star does, where it looks like it's trying to be the cover of a fantasy novel, but like not one that you would read. <laughs> How about Earthbound's cover? Uh, is that just the Starman. It's just a Starman. Yeah. It was probably kind of off-putting when you saw it in the sh- on the shelf back in the day. I remember yeah, Earthbound having a really terrible marketing campaign. <laughs> People complain about that, but it's also the exact ad campaign anything would get at the time, and also there was no good marketing ha- campaign for that in the West. Oh, yeah, like, no, like, the entire... All the video games from, like, the 90s is just laughable. I don't even mean, I don't even mean that. I mean in the sense of... This is an RPG whose creator created it to evoke a sense of nostalgia being marketed at 10-year-olds. How the hell are you supposed to transmit that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's not going to work. <laughs> like, they are living the time that you are evoking nostalgia for. and But there, it's also, like, nostalgia for, like, this shared idea of, like, like both in terms of wistful desire for innocence that they currently have and don't realize the value of, and also, like, the weird, like, export of American culture that existed in, like, other countries that combines, like, weird suburban 50s children with, like, cheesy, like, B-movies about aliens. Like, (laughs) whenever, whenever in some sense, yeah. And so it's just one of those things where it's, like, Whenever I hear people complain about that marketing campaign, I'm like, what were they going to sell it with? <laughs> like, what on earth do you sell that with? No, that was impossible. Just, it was a situation where there was no audience to sell that with. So, I mean, it's it's a shame, but I mean, like, going the Ren and Stimpy route that they went with was kind of the logical choice. Mm. Yep. They did, they did what they could. Yeah, it's a very psychedelic cover, though. Here's some more. It is pretty good. I found some more terrible box art. Oh, no. Final Fantasy 2. Oh. The, the title and a sword over a red background. Like That's just kind of going in with the way that they would have sold it in Japan. 
guess. And then you get Final Fantasy three, which is okay. A dance and a Moogle. Yep. It's uh, very. It's relatively minimalist. Uh, I'm glad. I that have the... opinions on Final Fantasy boxes, namely Final Fantasy re-release boxes. Namely, uh, I think they're very bad. Oh yes, yes. Uh, we're not. That's too deep of a rabbit hole to go in right now. It's uh, just a white. It's just a white expanse with two words and a sketch in the background every it's, fucking time. It's that's like, that's most of the original releases. It's artsy man. It's, it's bad. It's, I said it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm very glad that the FF7 remake box art is literally a remake of the US box art. It's extremely good. Yes. It's actually really nice looking just to yeah. see that again. And it's uh, I'm going to go look at it right now. I'm trying to find some more weird box arts. Like weird is rare. It's usually just bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do like how the uh, Breath of Fire one and Breath of Fire two parties, if you put them next to each other, look like they're about to fight each other. But That's also, please gaze at the FF seven remake box art. I will gaze at it. It's okay. It's good. <laughs> it's the old FF seven box art, but with the new models. You know what box art is. Not weird, but I really like Breath of the well, Wild. It's very nice. Yeah, extremely good. It's slightly different in each region. Most of them are good, but I think the U.S. one is the best of it. I'm trying to remember what the I remember it's the European one that's particularly different. Not you, Jonna. Colorscape is very different. Oh, man. Yeah, you got. I want this Link's Awakening steelbook from Europe. God damn it! You're not good. Don't know. <laughs> you not wheels. You're better than that. You don't need it. It's only like eighty dollars on wheels. eBay. Okay. Wheels. Okay. No. No. Uh, I'm gonna. It's so pull cool. This... I'm gonna pull this one out on the chance that we might have Gaijin also answer it when uh, next we have him. Uh, which was this one's from Budai. What was the greatest video game magazine? Uh, Hardcore Game Fan. Oh no, no, we're not doing this. I am not. <laughs> I do not. I am not recounting the acid spiked coffee again. <laughs> I wasn't even talking about that one. I was talking about the one where like they all dropped acid in um, one of their like rooms and like yeah, that was the, that was, was the, playing that, and it was like. No. The, Background music was driving this guy nuts, and they asked him to turn off like five times every time you just walk over to oh, him yeah, and that stare one. at it for like a whole like two minutes, and then just walk back and sit back down again. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot <laughs> of a loop. But, like the the game fan ones run the gamut from like innocuous and stupid, like the the uh, Dave Halverson accidentally getting dosed with acid before riding the Cybermorph. Uh, <laughs> uh, Oh, my favorite thing about that one, though, technically uh, drugging somebody without their knowledge is definitely not innocuous. But I yes, said like, I said relatively innocuous because he probably would have done it regardless. But oh yeah, no, no, he was super into drugs. <laughs> like Halverson was not the most into drugs of them, but yeah, uh, like innocuous in the sense that no long-term damage occurred from it, as opposed yeah. to the times where like, oh, he 
burst into payroll and stole a bunch of money to buy a Sonic the Hedgehog statue. (laughs) (laughs) That's the real stuff right there. My personal favorite is the one where someone, instead of Lorem Ipsum, put like a racist rant in the middle of a sports uh, preview. Oh yeah, that one's one's impressive. That one's impressive mostly because their response to it was to claim that a rival company had snuck it into the magazine in order to damage their relationship with Japanese developers. Uh, another one that um, uh, another another like um, a tale of hardcore game fan. One of my favorites is when uh, somebody made the mistake or actually made the extremely good choice of actually calling the company lawyer about the stock they had been promised. Oh yeah, ago. it was, pers- it was their the lawyer without the- thinking said, "What do you mean he promised you stock? There's not any stock to give." It wasn't stock. It was official like stake in terms of how much of the magazine was owned by who. And yeah, it was well, all that's, in, that's, it was that's basically stock. That's stock it's basically stock, but it's not. It's not like stock was ever sold. It was like when the magazine was established, he said, "Like you'll own X percent of the company." Yeah, like it was ownership, which is which is what I meant by stock. Which is it's stock, so but it's slightly. Yeah, I wanted yeah, to no, qualify it because it was like it was like being that way. But yeah, so like um, it, it ended up being way more than a hundred percent. Yeah, like, and um, uh, so he just went into like Dave's office and just laid out the numbers on the table and said, "So here's the deal." You're going to pay me this figure, or the I'm just going to leave <laughs> right now. And if you don't, or if you if you pay me the figure, I will stick around long enough for finish you to like issue. finish this issue. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll just go. <laughs> if you and got I will his money, take what I have done with me. <laughs> but yeah, Howerson seems like not the sort of person you would want to work for or with. Um, but yeah, what else was I? But yeah, my unironic answer to this would be that I was a really big EGM fan. Mm. Uh, What's the did. one that like had um, the rating system that was just faces getting more excited? That's Game Pro. Game Pro, I like that one. Five, five Game Pro exploding heads out of five. Five Game Pro exploding <laughs> heads. I will never forget that uh, the the official PlayStation magazine that existed from about '98 to about '06, just before the PS3 launch seems to have been uh, terminated entirely because Sony did not like their coverage. Which is amazing to me. That's pretty impressive. It was basically a situation where, like, because officially when they terminated the contract, their claim was, well, we don't have, we don't need to distribute demo discs anymore because, you know, there's there's network downloads now. So we're just going to terminate your contract and, you know, not have an official magazine anymore. And then a year later, there was a different PlayStation official magazine with a demo disc. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's harsh. It wow. was incredible, but it also <laughs> seemed to stem from the fact that uh, there was some preview coverage of the PS3 that, fairly openly questioned how they were going to get away with selling this for $600 hmm. and some uh, bios in the magazine that made it clear that the editors were playing their DSs more than their PSPs. <laughs> and suddenly Sony was not happy with the magazine anymore and it went away. I mean, it's hard to blame somebody for playing their DS more than playing their PSP because... Especially in 2006. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like the PSP that's, eventually that's, that's filled out library, right but there. 2006 was not a good year for it. Yep. Unless you wanted to play Kingdom of Paradise or Blade Dancer: Lineage of Light. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> knew that was coming. Oh. <laughs> Be the Blade Dancer player wheels. No. No. <laughs> Why do I remember that game's name? 
There were like three of those somehow. I think those were like all idea factory joints. Um, let's see. They were made by Oh, they were made by Hitmaker? No. What Hitmaker do? Hitmaker, if it's the same Hitmaker, it was a former division of Sega. It might be oh. a different Hitmaker though. No, I no no, I I know about Hitmaker. Now I'm sad. Yeah, I'm hoping it's a different Hitmaker because it wasn't published by Sega, so it might have just been a different company. Remember when Sega had all those weird uh, divisions with strange names like Smilebit and Hitmaker and Overworks? Overworks is great, man. They made Skies of Arcadia. Yeah, they, they were great. I'm just saying, remember when they had all those divisions with weird names? Yeah, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. I think now it's just Sonic Team. Everyone else Sonic is Team. Sega. Yeah, they they don't. Uh, no, there's Ryuga Gotoku Studio. Okay, fine, two of them. They they clawed their way up to having their own studio imprint, so that because Yakuza yeah, was just that uh, much of a big deal for Sega. Uh, wheels, wheels. Yes. Speaking of Yakuza, when Yakuza Seven comes out, are you ready to summon crabs to attack enemies for you? I am prepared. Have you seen that gif? It's amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. Have you seen this beat? Uh, yes, I have actually. It's wonderful. It's incredible. You just pull out your phone and crabs raise from rain from the sky. But yeah. EGM uh, was my magazine of choice. Uh, I was a big fan of the fact that they made an entire uh, award in the early 2000s uh, for... The worst ideas in gaming, represented by the villain of Turok Evolution. <laughs> which, uh, after a certain point, when Acclaim went bankrupt, they actually, apparently, at least one editor asked if they could like buy the rights to Tobias Bruckner off of them for like 20 bucks. Respect. <laughs> but... I, I just, if you've never heard the story of what Tobias Bruckner was, Turok's Evolution's plot involved a racist Civil War era general getting thrown back in time, riding a T-Rex around, and then both he and the T-Rex got cyberparked at some point. I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to send the racist into time to, like, take over the world of dinosaurs, you better give him some cyberparts. Yeah, so that was that was the villain of Turok Evolution, and it was recognized immediately as an excellent uh, as an excellent symbol of like innovative ideas in how to make something terrible. <laughs> so you know, respect. But yeah, that was my magazine of choice. I occasionally I've man, I'm just remembering all the weird magazines that couldn't exist anymore because the internet already exists. Like. Certainly plenty of magazines don't exist anymore because the internet already exists, but I mean, like, the very concept of them would seem laughable now. Like, uh, something like Tips and, Tips and Tricks, an expert gamer that couldn't exist because, like, their entire idea was eaten by GameFAQs in 2000. Ah, <laughs> GameFAQs. Like, people don't even use that anymore because they, because they just look up YouTube videos, but, like, back, like, back then it was just like, oh... Uh, this magazine exists to tell you walkthroughs and cheats and game shark codes. One of those things doesn't exist at all anymore, and two of them are very handily taken care of by things people do for free. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was looking actually today at a uh, 
the Video Game History Foundation, uh, Frank Spaldi put together a list of all extant print magazines around video games. And it is maybe the saddest thing I've ever read. Oh. That's, I don't want to know. Like, there's like 25 that still exist in English as print publications. Uh, several of them are essentially boutique, sort of like Patreon funded. Like Nintendo Force? Yes, like Nintendo Force. That is on the list. Um, uh. And like 15 of them are focused on Minecraft, Fortnite, or both. Dang. That's sad. It's really bizarre to see how many of them. A lot of them come from the UK. The, like for some reason, the UK still has a lot more magazines, but like they just will send over like a slightly altered version, sometimes with no new ads at all. There's one of them that was amazing because like it is a British magazine that is sold by subscription in the US, but still has ads that only apply to in to like this this store only exists in Britain. It's amazing. Yeah, I get um that retro magazine. I want to be the kid that Europe. grows up like with that and no internet. <laughs> so like uh, they keep asking really them off to take them like down to the um, take uh, to me the to the British. HMV. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go to game. Like 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 they speak with like an American accent because they go to American school, but all their British is like game um uh, game writer slang. <laughs> all their <laughs> this horror, this tragic mutant pop culture child. <laughs> Best ever. Oh man, I imported a game from Game one time. Which game was it? Was it Xenoblade? No, it was the Europe only special edition of Final Fantasy thirteen, specifically the Xbox three sixty version because it was super cheap. <laughs> Deal. And then you realized that it was in pounds. And you realized it was actually $800. No, it was actually super cheap, even after nice. conversion. And <laughs> the first copy, like, took forever. And it costs $8 million. <laughs> the first copy took forever, so I, like, you know, complained, and they sent me another. And I, <laughs> I ended up with two copies. It reminds me of the 3DS launch when Amazon accidentally sent me two copies of Street Fighter Four 3DS. Oh, nice. One of them still sits on my shelf. I didn't feel like doing anything with it, and it would have been more trouble than it was worth to send it back to them. <laughs> they didn't care. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah. Wheels, did you have any here? Uh, Were you a Nintendo reader? Nintendo Power was my big one. Yeah, didn't like have to, Nintendo Power. To the point oh, we're, that we're still I, talking about magazines. Yes. I thought we'd moved on. <laughs> no, the, magazines the... are... Yeah, to the point that I think it literally helped like improve my reading when I was like in for kindergarten, first grade. Oh well, yeah, like uh, uh you it was know, your and Hobbs. Yep. Uh, you mean Howard and Nestor? Disgusting. <laughs> How do you feel? <laughs> Wheels was the one purchaser of Nestor's funky bowling. Oh, that's that's tragic. No, I was not. Yeah, uh, it's, it's much funnier to pretend he was though. Yeah, yes, but, it is. That's true. Hmm? Yeah, I really enjoyed. Uh, that magazine, and my other favorite would be, I forget what it's called, Classic Gaming or something? I get it from Barnes & Noble. you thinking of Retro Gamer? It's, yeah, it's some magazine from Britain. Yeah, Retro Gamer is the one I can think of from Britain. That's a very nice yeah, magazine. It's, it's very good. It, is, uh, it has a lot to talk about how, how much they love the ZX Spectrum, but also... It's just like occasionally a, they will talk about things that aren't the set. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> a very nice, nicely laid out magazine, extremely uh, well put together. 
And yeah. Your your one stop shop to know what was good on the Amiga. I don't need to know that because I had an Amiga. Oh, you were that kid. Yes. Tell me, Wheels. Tell me about uh, Shadow of the Beast. No. Uh, we had a <laughs> demo for Christmas Lemmings that we played all the time. I mean, Lemmings was great, but Lemmings came out on everything. No, no, no. Christmas Lemmings. And only a demo. And that's, that's the only <laughs> Lemmings we had. <laughs> oh, man. How do you feel about Lemmings 2, The Tribes? Never played it. How do you feel about 3D Lemmings? Never played it. How do you feel about Adventures of Lomax? I... Why does that ring a bell? That was a PS1 platformer in the Lemmings canon made by Psygnosis. What? what? You don't know Why? about Adventures of Lomax? Uh, every ta- every week I get a chance to introduce Wheels to something he wishes didn't exist. Yeah, that sounds about right. This Lemmings, though, made by Psygnosis, one of the few games developed in-house at Psygnosis. Uh, but yeah, we had lots of weird computers. We had an Atari, Commodore 64... Amiga. Atari 8-bit, like a 400-800 or an ST? And then, uh, I don't know, man. It was way back when. And then we had... Uh, so I'm going to assume 400 or 800. And then we had lots of uh, outdated Macs for a while. And, had a fat Mac? And we had the... We were one of, like, the five people that had an Atari Lynx. Oh, man. Press oh, man, play. I saw exactly one of those in the wild in my entire life. <laughs> and the really weird thing about this the, the time I saw one... It was at a public pool. What? <laughs> what? I know, right? <laughs> Wait, why would you bring that there? I don't know. <laughs> my favorite this guy, like you know, sitting on the bench next to the pool playing Atari Lynx. Oh my god! My, my favorite Lynx story is still the European-only Marlboro Adventure Team branded Lynx. What? Yes, the cigarette company. That's amazing. It's uh. Very rare for obvious reasons. Um, but hey, still the only portable with left-handed mode. Yeah, you could. Pr- uh, uh, Wonder Swan might have had one. Yeah, nobody cares about that. No. And people care about the links. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but right. yeah. Question. I'm, I'm I'm hot. I'm ready to answer questions. Okay. Okay. I'll follow roll. The question. Find one. I'll find one. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. I hear the phrase "triple A game" and "indie game" a lot, but would you consider there to be labels in between that A list, B list, and C list game developers? Double A. Seems like people only talk about. Triple A and indie. Uh, I feel like there used to be. Used I don't to really be. feel like I that feel like it's still being exists. Phased out a lot. Yeah, I think. I, I think Double A has just been replaced by THQ Nordic. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> I feel like the. I, I mean, B tier used to be a term that people used a lot in like the PS2 era, which is kind of the last time that those existed. Yeah. You could get a little bit of it in the PS3 era. Stuff like, um, I think I want to say Dante's Inferno. And no, that was an EA game. That was made by uh, really? the that was That's made by the Dead Space developers. Damn. Okay. They absolutely not. considered that AAA. Okay. Um. What about like tie-in? What about movie tie-in games from that era? 
Uh, those, so yeah, those probably be the closest. But those those really went away in that era as well. Yeah, like, like that's that's the era they just simply stopped existing. Game development just got too expensive. So you're you either going to spend all the money on it, or you were going to spend none of the money on it. <laughs> that's that's where that's where it lands now. Well, it doesn't help that a lot of the companies that used to produce these just went out of business. Yeah. Like, Especially, like, in Japan, where a lot of them kind of had the choice of betting on the PS3 or the DS, and if you bet on the PS3, there was a decent chance you just died. Yeah. Like... Yeah, it's sad. Because it was just one of those cases where, like, development got way more, way, way more expensive, way faster than anyone realized it was going to. HD assets are expensive. Uh, at this point, the closest thing to that would be something like Gust. I would say, is kind of the preeminent B-tier JRPG developer. Which isn't an, an insult, but they are on a relatively limited budget, but they're way too clockwork to really be indie. I would say, um, if like B-tier is a thing, I would say, amazingly, Travis Strikes Again probably counts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that like, like if, if we're going budget, to say that uh, B-tier is a, is, a, is a category that can't exist in this current age, I'd say the Switch is probably the last bastion of it. Like, the Switch gets away with it, I think, because people don't have expectations of what a Switch game looks like in the same way that they didn't really have expectations of what a 3DS game looked like. Uh, we don't really have expectations. Like, when, when we play a PS4 game, we expect a PS4 game. When we yeah, play a Switch game, really we're thinking somewhere between a PS4 and a Game Boy Advance. That's the, that's the range. Between those, you will find anywhere between those two, and you can say, oh yeah, that's a Switch game. And I love that because it means that you get weird things. Oh yeah, no, it's it's wonderful. I love it. It's great. I'm so glad the Switch exists and it's able to like fill that weird range of things. Yeah, because like I really one of my favorite things is to go back and like look at PS2 games that like who made this? It didn't really matter. It was cheap to make, like, but it was still like a traditional publisher distributing it. So you'd get like. If you asked any human being to tell you about Eggmania Extreme Madness. Okay. No. Like real game. I'm just putting that out there. Real game. Uh, it was, you know, it was made, it was published by Chemco, who now only does, like, mobile games. Like, really cheap mobile RPGs. But back in the day, they would make these sort of, like, low-budget console games that... You know, you would get on a shelf next to games you actually cared about. But, you know, that that kind of game doesn't really exist anymore outside of sometimes on Switch. <laughs> eh, maybe not sometimes on Switch. You go to, like, a GameStop store shelf and there's lots of, like, what in God's name is half of this crap. <laughs> what, uh, what are you thinking of in particular, Wheels? Uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> You're having difficulty pulling a specific example, yeah. but I get what you mean. Yeah. But yeah, like you, you get these. Although to be get... to be fair, a lot of those are also on PS4. Yeah. To be yeah. fair, they have gotten cheaper. Sony's slightly less of a stickler than they were in the PS2 uh, and 3 eras. About like. SEA has always had like weird ideas about what a PlayStation game is. Like this is not even a general Sony thing. This is a Sony Computer Entertainment America thing. Where like you can look at what Sony Computer Entertainment Europe was allowing to slide through 
and the light PS2 is the worst garbage imaginable. <laughs> like, da- like to put it to, to put it another way, uh, Data Design Interactive, who made infamous uh, weird garbage like Ninja Bread Man. Uh, okay, yeah, but Ninja Bread Man should not have been allowed to exist. Like that was the Wii game. As but, it was like it. The Wii was a was a powerful ground for like uh, in the PS3 era games where you they they shouldn't have it, it where they shouldn't have continued to exist, but they got to. It's a miracle. But but like here's the point I'm making. Like we associate that as a Wii game because in the north in North America that's the only place it was allowed to happen. But it's originally a PS2 game. But that doesn't surprise me. A lot of Wii games were PS2 games. By which I mean, like, Sony Computer Entertainment America would never allow it in the U.S. Because they don't consider that, like, they consider that a bad representation of the PS2 brand. And for Ninja Bread Man, that's fair. That's a bad game. But uh, it also meant that they kept out a lot of things that were just weird. Like, it meant that Sega had to fight very hard to get Yakuza 2 to come out in the U.S. because it didn't have a dub. It meant that like, Devil Summoner 1 on PSP wasn't allowed to come out because, despite never having released in the U.S., it didn't have enough new content. Uh, like, Sony Computer Entertainment America has these weird, weird rules that they keep putting in place about what's allowed to happen on their system. <laughs> and a lot of times, they're really, really arbitrary. What's up? Okay, so I found some terrible games. Yes. Um, that are have physical editions you can find on your local GameStop shelf. Switch. Uh, Street Outlaws The List. That's that's a great name. Okay. Now, (laughs) buildings have feelings too. That's. That sounds like a Pixar movie waiting to happen. (laughs) Well, it wouldn't be called that, but yes. Here's a particularly uh, terrible looking game. It's called Fortnite or something. Oh. Don't do this again. Okay, I'm looking at Nintendo's official page for Street Outlaws The List. Party Uh, Arcade. That's a wonderfully specific name. Yeah, that sort of generic video game that kind of was allowed to exist on the Wii. Like, that's kind of... The bottom fell out in terms of, like... Because you have the... When I talk about B-tier, I usually mean, like, a legitimate company made this. Whereas when you get to something like party games, it's just like... When it, where something is just labeled party games, it's like... This was made as cheaply as humanly possible, and no one at any level believed in it. Okay. What, now what would you... What tier would you consider a Zombie Land Double Tap Road Trip? That's a movie. That is actually game. based off of a film. Is it a mobile game? <laughs> Because mobile games are really where, like the um, the shovelware has gone. It's probably a port of a mobile game. <laughs> See, yeah, <laughs> Zombieland Double Tap Road Trip. Uh, parent. Okay, let's see what I can find about this. Uh, okay, it Sony announced this at some stage, and this came out on PS4, Xbox, Switch, and PC. So yeah, that's that's your tie-in for Zombieland Two. I don't think we needed a second Zombieland movie. Did we? I say this is somebody who really liked Zombieland. I never saw it. It's fun. It's apparent. This is apparently a twin stick shooter of some sort. Huh. Okay. Not what I expected. 
Especially with the name Double Tap. Yeah. Hotline Mimo. Yes, that. Probably not that, actually. Um, but yeah. Oh man, like, Into the Dead Two, the sequel to Into the Into the Dead One. Is that the sequel to Pinball of the Dead? Uh, yes. How do you feel about Typing of the Dead? Pixar. I feel like it should be telling that Into the Dead 2's first uh, first results are for Google Play Store and App Store. <laughs> did this come out on the something video else? Game. Will, did this come out on something else? What? <laughs> Into the Dead 2. I don't know. I'm just scrolling down the GameStop website. <laughs> okay. Wait, what? Because it's uh, I'm only seeing listings for it on iOS and Android. <laughs> What, uh, Into the Dead 2? Yes. Yeah, no, it's there. It's... Apparently it's a reasonably well-liked uh, mobile game, so that's something. Mm, that's a rare breed. There's Calculords and, well, it's basically just Calculords. Oh, oh hold on, okay. Let's, let's oh, stop no. everything here for a second. Roman Rumble in Lo- Los Vegum. Asterix and Obelix XXL2. Well, yeah, yeah, that was a PS2 era Asterix game. I always forget these characters exist. Uh, well, you're obviously not European. <laughs> I remember playing the demo of the first PS2 Asterix game, which I did not. I did not know what an Asterix was, <laughs> but. I did know that I hated the title when I looked at the demo because the English title of it was Asterix and Obelix Kick Buttocks. That's that sounds about right, yeah. But yeah, there was a sequel that I don't believe came out in the U.S. at the time. Uh, Asterix and Obelix XXL2 Mission Las Vegas. But hey, Raging Loop Day One Edition. What the hell are you reading? What, you don't believe me that some of these things exist? No, I just... We choose not to. Also, it's like almost 1 o'clock, and I do have to get up for work tomorrow, because clothes ain't over yet. See you, babe. So, is this the end of the podcast? (laughs) I don't know how this works. We'll probably wrap it up in a little bit. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, I guess. Uh, Plug if if there's something you want. Plug if you want to. Uh, I don't know what you would plug. Maybe your Twitter. I don't know. I got a Twitter. Figure it out. <laughs> it's at beat underscore twitter. It's exact. It's spelled exactly how it sounds. Yes. Yeah. Right, make later. sure. Make sure to send him all your favorite Disney gifts. Oh Fuck no. You. <laughs> oh, that was cruel. All right. Later. Later. Peace. See ya. So yeah, uh, Asterix for some reason. Raging Loop. Day one edition, sir. I I will not be purchasing that day I one. guarantee you that's a visual novel. You're sure? Um, almost positive. Raging Loop could be a lot of things. Uh, it's just based on the, 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 the box art and such. Uh, it does not have... A Wikipedia page, seemingly, so I have to actually Paw go Patrol looking for what it is. On a roll, pre-owned for forty-four no. ninety-nine, which is five dollars oh. more than it retailed for. What the fuck? It's expensive now. People wanted it. Well, I'm glad my kids don't care about Paw Patrol anymore. <laughs> now it's all you're free. 
No, now they're obsessed with the Lion Guard, and which is driving. Ah! <laughs> Let's talk about. Can we talk about the Lion Guard for a minute? No, we're going to talk about the '90s Timon and Pumbaa show. No, we're going to talk about the Lion Guard and how, and how it's like Lion Jedi with the magical roar. Yeah, no, I I read the Doc Future article explaining that to me. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. One of the last scenes in the last episode is, hey, he picks up Pride Rock with his roar. It's fine. That's normal. It it seems less. It still seems less weird than the Timon and Pumbaa show from back in the day. No, it's not. It's really bad too. <laughs> I mean, so with that. I hate it. Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> hate it. Hate it so. Okay, looking at it, yes, Raging Loop is a visual novel. Boom. That, that seems like a weird thing to be proud of. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I don't think uh, we really want to get into more questions without Gaijin. Yeah, probably not. So, do we want to wrap this up? I suppose we should. Uh, send us questions to the usual place. Uh, we'll be back with a regular episode on Monday, assuming no one is sick or playing Destiny or something. Don't you frickin' dare. <laughs> um, okay, I need to, I'm gonna, okay, so let me stop here. Let's close this browser tab with the GameStop store so I stop looking at weird random Switch games. Okay, there we go. Um... Uh, didn't someone ask us about Persona 5 on Switch? Uh, asking that? about how feasible it was. Was that which... on Discord? No, no, that's in... Okay. Uh, we can hit this since I doubt Gaijin cares that much. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking about this today. I'm sitting there like, oh, this is, you know, obviously it could go on Switch. But then I'm sit- sitting there for whatever reason. I think I was doing something boring at work was mulling it over and being like, well, you know, there could be all these weird third-party libraries and other random nonsense that could make a port more difficult or could run on an engine. If you could re-engineering it for... If you could re-engineer it for PS4 from PS3, you've already re-engineered it enough to port it just about anything. Right. That's true. Because those are almost entirely incompatible. Uh, Almost entirely incompatible. It's a question of how much work it would take. It absolutely can run. It's a question of how much they want to work for it. Yes. But, yeah. Like, it's it's one of those things where, like, I, I feel like it still is probably inevitable, but it is a question of how long they're going to wait on it. Yeah, I guess if you're doing the royal version anyway, you want to finish that and get that done before you'd want to put it on Switch. Like, it's one of those cases of, like, if they're doing royal... Like, presumably money changed hands from Sony about royal at some stage. Yeah. But it's also a case of, even if it didn't, at some point you don't want to jinx royal by saying, oh, and later it'll come to a platform you probably already are more likely to own. Yeah. 
And in Japan, there are more Switches out there than there are PS4s, so you are statistically more likely to own a Switch than a PS4. <laughs> uh, and Persona 5 aside, it is weird to me that three years in, we have no Atlas games on the Switch. We know that Shin Megami Tensei 5 is happening. Uh, At some point. We're getting sharp FE Encore. Oh yeah, that's right. That's that's actually developed by Atlas, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. All right. So we got that. See, I'm double checking to make sure that I'm not just uh, talking nonsense. Uh, publisher Nintendo, developer for whatever reason unlisted. <laughs> uh, but let's ask. Uh, let's ask bitter old Uncle Wikipedia. Yep, developed by Atlas, so... Okay. At the same time, Atlas has just been a lot less prolific in general this past generation. It's true, and they kind of petered out at the end of the 3DS, too. It was a lot of ports. Yeah, I'd imagine that the uh, complete reorg probably has done something to how they are going about things. Mm, sure. Uh, Catherine Fullbody is, I guess, their most recent thing, which I believe still had, a, like, a Vita version somehow. Yes, it did. Japan Don't only. Don't know how that happened. But, yeah. No guesses. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, uh, random asides and whatnot. The moral of the story is, yes, there's really no reason that Persona 5 could not run on switch so um invent invent other reasons why it's not yet on switch because it's i mean man switcher 2 <laughs> switcher 2 is i think going to give us lots of stupid ideas of what could be ported to the switch i'm just going to say that switcher 3 i should point out which is a sorry more switcher insane 3. idea yes oh here's your gaijin Playing Overwatch or... Uh, Dare I ask? He showed up at 12.39. Crap. Oh. Should we get him on to answer a few questions? Depends on if we want to just label this a bonus or not. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, we will. So I might as well pull him on since he got on. Uh, where, uh, how do I Skype? You go and hit the plus button. I'm not even in the call now. Hold on. Okay. There we go. Make sure to send to correct Michael Baker. <laughs> oh, shit. Which one is it? No. No. It's the non-obvious one. Hello. 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 Hi. I was, I was beginning to wonder. Sorry, I didn't see your Discord message. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hey. Hey. So how are we doing? For, yeah, we're fine. We've been at it for a while, but we've got we've got fire still going. Yes. <laughs> oh, cool. What what have we answered so far? Uh, uh, we've been mostly careful to avoid answering things we thought you cared much about, but yeah. uh, uh, we brought on our friend Beat. Uh, who doesn't? Who is not 
much of an RPG player, so... Mostly... It was easier to just uh, discuss the more cultural questions, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I vaguely remember Beat from the... Not can't really call it the print days of Q and A, but yeah, <laughs> the mailbag era. Well, technically it was print as in text, but yeah, yeah. words on a screen. Yes. Uh, yeah. What would we want to hit up? Is there any brand or RPG concepts from Budai that you would that would get you to play a traditional MMORPG? No. Not really, I just, because I mean, I one of the like defining that. aspects of an MMORPG is time on time and money that I don't have. Yeah, like even if I had more time and money, I just don't like the gameplay loop of MMOs. Yeah, I mean, there have been times where I enjoyed a single-player game based on an MMO, <laughs> like uh, uh, On Comes Maple Story. Well, yeah, that's number one. Yeah, I, I, but I really should try the Redstone and Ragnarok Odyssey games sometime. One day. So, yep. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's that was still my surprise of the decade there to realize how good those games were. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, did we want to... This is a brief not-a-video-game sidebar. Well, not, not a question sidebar. Did we want to bring up the Metal Max news? Since we're apparently the sure. official English language Metal Max podcast. Sure. How do you feel about Metal Max Xeno Reborn? Well, considering that, um, I mean, the best things I could say about it in an impression still left a laundry list of stuff that I would really wish they hadn't taken out. Um, if they managed to put all that laundry list of things back in somehow, great. Well, they put a dog in. That's something. That, that makes it 100% better already. <laughs> yeah, he looks very cute. I just finally looked at an ima- a picture of him. He's a little dog with a machine gun strapped to him, so that's a good start. I was going to say, Metal Max Xeno was the first game since the second one in the series to not have the dog in it. Yeah, that was... And it, in, in the original Metal Max game, the dog was the... Um, I mean, the dogs were allied with the pretty much the only villain in the game. So they were still in the first game, too. And they were so popular that everyone wanted to have one of their own, so they put him into the second game as a character. And now he's back. Yes. In pod form. No. Sorry. But yeah, so like, at the very least, they're doing something that makes it look like they don't expect you to take this seriously, which it's hard to take what's going on in Xeno seriously, but it was expected to ta- you, that you take it anime seriously. So. Yeah, um, like like I like I kept saying, and like I actually titled the impression, it's like heavy, grim, middle, dark. Oh. But yeah, like that's at least a good sign that they understand at least a bit of what was wrong with it. I'm not sure if there's enough changes you can make to it to fix it, but yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, just expanding the story, giving um, giving the non-vehicular areas some anything besides um, dark and concrete. Yeah. Apparently they also announced a Xeno Reborn 2. Which, um, I mean, all things considered, there have been two complete remakes of games in the series already, and both of those remakes were miles above the originals. 
And really, there's nowhere to go but up here, so... That, uh, there is also that. Uh, Wheels, don't contemplate digging further. Okay. Don't. Okay. okay. Then they, launched, so, I mean, they announced three Metal Max games at once. I have no idea how that happened. Um, they... Well, I mean... They probably had already geared up for a sequel for the original one, and they are probably using a lot of the stuff that was like a lot of the systems or graphics that were intended for the second one back into the first one for the remake. Yeah, it's just weird that they also announced Metal Max Code Zero. Mm-hmm. It's a iPhone game, right? Uh, it didn't say what it was. It just says a brand new game. Okay. And well, scheduled for 2021. No yeah. platforms revealed. Okay. Well, but I mean, like, the, the previous remakes, you had Metal Max Returns, which was the first game, but redone with the Super Famicom sequels graphics engine and a lot of little tune-ups to make it better. And it was, I mean, it wasn't the best game in the series, but it was much better than the original. Much better than Xeno. Um, <laughs> um, and then the second remake was Metal Max 2 Reloaded, which was a remake of the second game using the D- the uh, Metal Max 3's everything from DS. And it's probably the best game in the series. Hopefully. Uh, it, it or 4, yeah. Hopefully. And those are, yeah. It, yeah. It's one of the games that's going for $50 used at the moment. Damn. Yeah. But hopefully Xeno Reborn can at least fix some of what ails original Xeno. All things considered, I'm definitely getting a Switch this winter, and that will be one of the games on my list to get, if only just so I can write the second impression. That reminds me, I gotta send you you that copy of the Mana Collection. Yeah. I was gonna... This was was a personal question more than a a major question, but did you play Dragon Quest XI 3DS? No, I haven't. Okay. I wanted to ask if you knew how... uh, how the switch from 3D to 2D works in that version. Because it um, works very strangely in the Switch version. Oh, I'm sure it worked really strangely. It was something like you had to choose it at, at load up or something. In the uh, 3DS one, in the Switch one, I should say, when you switch between them, which you can do at like a church, it changes it so that it, like, it requires you to save. Uh, and then it requires you to select, like, the most recent major plot flag to start from. So, like, you can actually lose story progress by swapping from 2D to 3D mode. That sounds fairly close to what I was hearing, because it's it's not so much a switchover as it's, like... It's like two games strange. that are using the same party data. Yes, that's pretty much it. It's like they, they did a gestalt between your classic save file and a password system from the, one of the old Game Boy games that couldn't save. <laughs> like some of the old Mega Man games, mm-hmm. where if you wanted to continue, you had to put in the code and you just started with stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that explains it. I was, I was curious about if that was as weird in the 3DS version as it is in the Switch version. It sounds kind of like, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, All things considered, I'm not sure how they would manage it otherwise. Yeah, yeah. It would be really hard to make those perfectly interoperable. But, uh, yeah, it's weird to see Zeno come back, and I hope it's good. I like the dog. That's all I'll commit to. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, I figure next year, whenever I actually write the next 
impression is going to be, yeah, you might remember this thing I wrote last year on the term or the expression damning with faint praise comes to mind. And I would, and it's like, okay, I came up with a list of these things that would need to be done to make it better. And so let's go down this list and see how we do. <laughs> so I was trying to be positive for my impression on the first one and not really succeeding. I'm going to just start with negative on the second impression. If it, if it merits it, it naturally. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'll probably feel like uh, my original Japandemonium write-up for Saga 3 DS. <laughs> where it's like starting off with, well, there's this and this and this, and then I keep talking, and then it's like, okay, now looking at the pe the actual Mephemitsu article and going on, you know what, actually, you know what, it's actually sounding pretty good now. Uh, so. At this point, it's going to be like, it's starting from, well, the original was trash, did they fix it? <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, a, a bit of that, and a bit of that, and if I'm to be honest, a bit of like what happened between Legend of Legacy and the Alliance Alive, where the first version had basic, um, like all the stuff that made the second version great, it just was very bare bones and needed a lot more. So, yeah. I, I hope they fix it, and because in part because I feel like this is probably the best shot we have at getting more Metal Max games. So I mean, if it's yeah. good, that'll help. <laughs> but yeah, for the things I would actually like to see, I would actually like to see some sort of plot elements attached to more of the wanted monsters than just the sons in the game. That makes sense. Um, I would like to see actual people, actual other survivors or other survivor groups, possibly even rival groups. Um, I would like to see um, non-vehicular locations that actually do stuff and are mm. kind of interesting in their own right. I was rather disappointed to just find the second car of the game sitting out there. That just feels it's, like I, it's something I was that firmly was expecting to, to have just, something around it. Yeah, I was I was firmly expecting to have to go down like five stories down into partially submerged um, skyscrapers and figure out how to reactivate the elevators to bring the thing back up to the surface, but no, it was just there. Yeah, notably, like, what you're asking for isn't, like, some crazy thing. It's just asking them to put things where there's nothing. <laughs> yes. So. Um, and, to be honest, I would be, I would be incredibly happy if they made it so that the final boss of the game was actually the final level of the game that you had to defeat in order to access. Mm-hmm. Because that's what they did with Metal Saga Season of Steel, where the last really big boss of the game was, in fact, the final level that you had to beat before you could get into the final level to beat the final level. If that made any sense, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I just like the play on words that saying that you had to beat the final level in order to beat the final level. <laughs> oh, man. Because oh, man. that, yeah. Or literally, oh, to, he had to beat the final level in order to make it crash to the ground so you could access the inside of it and then actually beat the final boss. So. Now I'm thinking of like a monster from Dragon Quest XI, and I'm wondering what its Japanese name is. Uh, what's the monster? Uh, it's It only appears in 10 and 11. It's called a Sham Hat Witch in English. Sham Hat Witch. But looking at what I'm seeing of its Japanese name, it seems to just be Big Hat. Hmm. 
Sham Hatwitch. Oh, one of those guys. Yeah, they're adorable. Yeah. Um, oh, that's what they're called. Oh, that's one version of them. I've got another one. It's called Tombrero. <laughs> okay, I'm into that. At least I'm assuming that's what his name was. Um, yeah, the little boars. Um, thing, it doesn't actually give the family. I know there's more versions than just that guy. Yeah, yeah. I'd I've expect got, it because it's Dragon Quest. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean because I've got a little clear plastic figurine of one that does not. That's almost exactly the same, but the colors all different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I saw that in eleven, and just immediately it was my new. It was my favorite enemy that I hadn't seen in a Dragon Quest before. Yeah, yeah, I've I've got one on nice. the shelf in the back. It's cute. Um, but let's see. Um, that's a big thing here. Um, that's quite a list. Let's see. Anything in here? This takes a while to get through. <laughs> Anyway, sounds like, yeah, one moment, uh, sounds like Daddy's little co-host is awake. Yeah, yeah. Wheels is dead, wheels is dead, wheels are you dead? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wheels fell asleep. No, I'm so she's not only awake, she has managed to butt shimmy herself off of her little blanket. Oh, crust. Um, yes. Yes. Like I said, not going to lie. Very impressed. Yeah. So we're working on we're, we're working on trying to roll over soon. Yeah. Nice. That's a tough skill to master. Yep. Got to manage that internal balance stuff. Uh, I think we can probably hit at least one more real quick. Wheels might not survive another one after that. No, we, uh, can, we can. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. You don't sound it at all. I'm good. How lie. are you? <laughs> uh, but yeah. So here's a quick one from Budai that we can briefly, vigorously debate. Of the three PS1 Final Fantasy games, which Limit Break or Ultimate Attack system do you like best? FF7's gauge building up. Uh, FF8's low HP or spell allowing you to continuously limit break, or FF9's ambiguous trance mode. Trance. Why? <laughs> well, I mean, trance actually had some relation. Plot, plot significance. Yep. But yeah. But at the same time, like actually using it is basically impossible. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's, it's but, I mean, it, it happened with pretty good frequency. Yeah, I'll, I'll take my, I'll take my I trance. Mean, I mean, it was fairly. It was a lot like. I mean, it wasn't too dissimilar from how Final, uh, how Final Fantasy VI did it, except it happened a lot more often. It seemed like it happened very often last time I played. I would but. argue, on average, those were more useful than limit breaks. Yeah. I disagree. I mean, some of the limit breaks were difficult to make use of, and for Final Fantasy VIII, at least, like putting all of the blue magic in. Actually, what what. I'm thinking of ten. Did in eight, um, Kistis's limit breaks. Was that the only way she could access blue magic, or could she do yep. it? Yeah, she could only do it via blue, via limit break. Okay, okay, then that was still stupid. It was stupid in ten. It was stupid in eight. 
I, I think that eights is probably pretty indisputably the worst here because like it's very feast or famine. You're either doing them constantly or never. Yeah, it's it just isn't a well balanced system, which is a mm-hmm. shocking thing to say about Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah. Anyway, I just sent you a picture of Tom Barrero. Yeah, I'm big into that, him. That's the one that I have a figurine of. That's a good name. Yeah. Like yeah. It. Yeah. My my little Tom Barrero was um, got involved in a not Dragon Quest or not Dragon uh, not Dungeons and Dragons tabletop game that I had going with some students for a while. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they added these things into the uh, Dragon Quest Monsters Two remake. And Joker Three, nice. Oh, uh, possibly, yeah. So, yeah, I, I do know that they didn't exist before Ten. Yeah, I saw them and I was like, I feel like I would have remembered one of these if I had ever seen it before. Yeah, yeah, they're adorable. Yeah, no, they're fantastic. They animate really cutely. Big fan. Yeah. Yeah, best new monster, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm very excited to get to the passwords for Dragon Quest X in eleven because I'm curious what quests have had, like, aspects of them localized specifically for this situation. Mm. Okay, let's see. Simpler question from Crawl. Weirdest box art for an RPG. Yeah, that was one of the ones we wanted to bring back up when you got back. So. Uh, got any good ones? Because, uh, I mean... Box well, art we had a lot of bad ones. We couldn't think of weird ones countries. much. Okay. Uh, look up um, the original um, version of Oreshka. Oh, heavens. The original one... Um, had a looked like a baby making a fist on it. Um, <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, for PSX. Um, let's. Oh come on! Having trouble finding anything without switching over to Japanese. I don't want to do that on this yet. Yeah, uh, it's oh, really hard not to just find the. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I found it. Um, let's. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Okay, um, address copy. Let's see if this will work here. Yes, okay. There we go. Hmm. Yeah, yep. And then a different one from Alpha System, uh, Linda Cubed, where it was a red, just a red background with two white handprints on it. Which, yeah. which is actually an important image from the start of the game, but it just looks really weird. It's eye-catching, though. <laughs> yes. The alpha system was, or is, weird at time when you let them be. Yeah. 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 Mention of Alpha Dream is just reminding me of the other alpha-based developer that recently died. Rip. Uh, there we go. There's Rip uh, Wario and Waluigi partners in crime. That never uh, Linda Cube. Yes, Linda Cube. <laughs> Another one that I'm hoping gets a surprise remake on the Switch because why the heck not at this point? <laughs> I mean, if Moon can do it, why can't Linda Cube? Pretty much. I mean, 
originally I would have said, well, you know, um, the fact that the comp- like the uh, compilation of movie scenes from this game is listed as gross as like some of the weirdest and grossest videos on a video game ever. <laughs> um, which I mean, granted, some of those scenes definitely deserve the title. Um, but you know what? Um, Maybe the world is ready for it. Yes. Maybe the world is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's probably going to be something really bizarre and minor for PlayStation because some of those covers got really weird. Yeah. In terms of like non RPGs, the first thing I think of is PS2 Busta, Super Busta Move, which yeah. continues the genre of doing weird uh, covers with babies. Mm hmm. If you haven't seen it or don't remember it, here's an image. Okay, super bust a move. Oh, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's a truly yes. hideous cover. Yes. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot all about that. I'm sure I think of other weird ones, but Alpha System is really taking the cake here. Yeah. Oh, come on. Let me think of something. Anything. Um, no, that was... Okay, never mind. Uh, Mark of the Mermaid had essentially a sexy deep one on the front cover. Hmm. She didn't look nearly as nice in the game. Oh, naturally. Naturally. Um, even joked about that one in the review, too. It's like, interested by the title and the sexy mermaid cover art. And as it turns out, the game had... Less to do with uh, um, uh, Hans Christian Andersen and more to do with Howard Phillips Lovecraft. Oh, someone who actually remembers what HP stands for. <laughs> yep, yep. Not I do like... No, Howard Phillips. I do yeah. like how Googling Mark of the Mermaid gets me, like, some images of the game, some images of its box art, and then just a random assortment of other PS1 games. Yeah, that usually happens when they don't have enough hits for anything else. My personal favorite appearing, though, being Little Mermaid 2 for your PlayStation. Same game. <laughs> hey, at least that one sort of fits the search parameters. Yeah, yeah. Why Wild Arms and Sayuki Journey to the West are here is anyone's guess. That's a bigger question, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, those are all my weirdest ones. Yeah, those are all worth, uh, worth mentioning. Yeah, I mean, because I, I mean, I'm trying to think of any good ones for the DS that were weird, but they're mostly cartoon, either cartoonish or very reflective of the game itself, and they were mostly cute little fun games. Yeah, so nothing too weird. I mean, it really is depending on how weird the game itself is, like Curry King. Uh, but yeah, do, do you want? Do we want to play a germ warfare RPG for? <laughs> For 10-year-olds? Ten, yes, we do. Yes. I'm Germ all warfare about in the most literal sense because you're basically doing Pokemon in a Petri dish. <laughs> yes. Eventually, your ultimate germ will kill you and everyone else. Oh, no. No, actually, you get to fight the literal germ of God or something like that. I can't remember what it was exactly called, but it was a sentient microbe that had taken over a research um, this researcher guy who was studying it originally. Oh, I remember Parasite Eve. It was, it was planning on taking over the world, but through infection. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Parasite Eve. Yeah, pretty similar. 
Um, let's see. What was the cover for Yakata? That had to be an odd one, too. Nightmare Project. Oh, that was just a kind of a picture of the cat of the house. Never mind. Okay, yeah. not too weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, now I'm wondering about Innsmouth No Yakata. Mm-hmm. Eh. Now I'm wondering about the cover for Innsmouth No Yakata. It seems to be a fairly generic one. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can't think of any other good ones that are really weird. Interesting, yes, um, but not really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to hit before Wheels dies a final death? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we got the question about is it possible to have Persona 5 on a system, but I mean, considering it was a PS3 game as well, it should be. Um, yeah, it's all just a question. We, we kind of briefly discussed, like, it's entirely a question of how much they want to re-engineer it, but there's nothing that's about the game itself that should be impossible. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this got covered in comments to Budai's own question on the on the, on the the website. So, um, okay. Yeah. And your opinion on AAA game as a term? Yeah. We kind of went into, like, how B... People did used to describe things as B-level games, but the kind of games they describe don't really exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, either that or they're indie games. Yeah. So, it, but I, I mean, mean it's, it's not really a question of quality as much as it is of provenance. Yeah. Uh, and but marketing. Yeah. But yeah, like, the, the labeling system is, enti- is entirely a combination of, like, fan and marketing, so... Yeah, I remember there was a period where EA was claiming that their latest games were no longer AAA. They were too high budget for that. They were quadruple A. That's very and dumb. Everyone just, and everyone just needs. Uh, I'm Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. it was. Never mind. I should not try to make jokes like that while holding a baby. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a bad choice. Oh, but I found it. I have found the old articles where Visceral Games and EA claimed that. Dead Space 3 was the first quadruple-A game. Oh, boy. This is somebody trying too hard in, to be a good marketer and not yeah. knowing what he was talking about or not knowing yeah. whence his head had been placed up his ass. Yeah, thankfully no one tried that again because everyone just sort of said, ha-ha, that's dumb as hell. So, mm-hmm. here we are. We are poorer. There are no more quadruple-A games. We had the one, and we squandered it. Yeah. Okay, so do you believe the DS RPG nostalgia is the closest thing we will ever see to a Skies of Arcadia sequel? Uh, no, because it's no. not as interesting as Skies of Arcadia. <laughs> no! Closest thing, closest thing, as in, like, saying uh, Legend like of was the closest thing to a saga game. I don't, like, I don't agree because, like, Skies of Arcadia's charm is, in, is all in how well it's pulled off, and failing to pull it off pulls you away from it. Like, you can, you can't really ape what Skies of Arcadia is doing and not pull it off well and still feel like Skies of Arcadia. Unfortunately, I've not been able to play either one of them, so I'm I'm going to keep an eye out for Winds of Nostalgia, Japanese title, um, yeah. in the future. But I haven't actually seen it in the stores in a long time either. I have it. I have played it. It's mostly just really dull. 
Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, it's okay, it's fine, but it, uh, it, I haven't played Skies of Arcadia, but I can tell you it's nothing like Skies of Arcadia. It's basically, it's a standard JRPG that you just happen to, tra to traverse the world map with an airship and not on ground at all. That's about it. Yeah, it doesn't have the, also, it's based on real world Earth. Yeah, it's like this weird yeah, that, steampunk that's, thing. That's what I vaguely remember from coverage. Yeah, yeah it's a okay. weird steampunk well, thing. Uh, like, I, I just, I, again, like, I would say that, like, more important to making something like Skies of Arcadia would be making something that captures that sense of discovery. And nostalgia slash winds of nostalgia does not do that at all. Yeah. So... So, well, different thing, different thing to comment on. So while I was looking for some stuff for wheels earlier this week, <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, um, well, there's a thing for a lot of the old game stores in this country where they will have um, games posted for price, but even if they're out of stock, just to mm -hmm. let people know that something could be available and this is how much it will be if it is. Yeah. Um, and so for the first time, I saw something over in the PSP section that I had never seen before in real life with my own eyes. Mm -hmm. um, and it was uh, R-Type Tactics 2 Operation Bitter Chocolate. Ah! <laughs> Which, um, just to mention this to the audience, um, this, this happened to be the last game that our dear late Max Storm asked me to look out for him because he oh, wanted to see oh. if he could find it for less than $150 online and i was always very sad that i was not able to find any sign that it actually existed in real life before he passed away because it was simply it was not to be seen in any of the stores not even as a price quote yes i know it's very sad isn't it mm -hmm. so anyway the official price in the store is about 40 bucks yeah that's an impressive amount of retention although it's definitely not 150 thankfully yes <laughs> So I'm, it's like, I sort of promised myself that if I, if I ever actually found it in a store, I would just get it in a PSP and review it for the site. I would and be then I'm guessing sell it on eBay for quite a big markup. Um, so, so we shall see if I can find it for real. Here's to hoping. Yes, yes. You're saying? <laughs> Fascinating. Okay. Uh, I just yeah. need to keep rocking her more. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we might want to leave some of what's left just so that we'll be sure we have something for next week, since there are currently no questions on 134. <laughs> yeah, we'll give it, give it some more time. We'll give Budai a moment to discover the next one. <laughs> to discover that 134 has happened. Yes. But, yeah, so we should okay. probably close this out. Okay, well, well, first of all, wheels, wheels. Yes. Report <laughs> eventually. Yes. Because because the second book is going to be out by the end of this month, hopefully. Sweet. Yes. Do so book report on the first one, please. Come on, hurry, yeah. hurry. Okay, okay, I'll I will get <laughs> I will get started. Yeah. <laughs> We have to make Wales sign sign a contract before uh, he wakes up. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, 
Or I don't know, I could just make a stupid bet with him. You can see what happens. Oh, no. <laughs> How stupid a bet do we want? Okay. <laughs> we'll discuss this off well, camera. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, would suggest, I would suggest bribery, but hey, I'm the guy who's actually mailing him video games right now. Uh, yeah, that's true. In the mail right now, Wheels sent it about a day ago. Woo-hoo. You should have ransomed at least one of them. <laughs> hey, I, and if we're gonna if we're gonna hold on to uh, old tit for tat, um, let's say who sent the Mega Venusaur GX Pokemon card that your son used to clobber you in at least one game. <sighs> what? What about it? Who sent it? <laughs> uh... I I owe you for so- or you owe me for something. I think. <laughs> Either that or you hold it against me. I'm not sure which. <laughs> yeah, given the fact that he lost, he might actually just present you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why, would they, why would they just print a standard ability that poisons and paralyzes? And Why? Hey, I, I, why? I still love the uh, contents or the uh, description of the event via email that you sent later. <laughs> it's like... My son uses this card. So like, okay, I'm going to take a moment to look this up on the internet and sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Actual quotation, dudes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's about exactly what happened. Did not look yeah. it up before we played the game. I looked it up while we played the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you fool. You absolute fool. Uh, but yeah. Uh, questions in the usual place. Uh, as mentioned, there will be a second bound book, I presume, for Princesses of Pizza Parlor coming this month. Hmm? You were mentioning a second book, so I presume it's a bound, yeah. like, actual hard, physical yeah. book. Yeah, trade paperback of the next three episodes plus a bonus story. Nice. nice. Yeah. So keep on the lookout for that. That should be on Amazon at the very least. Uh, yeah. And otherwise, questions in the usual places. Uh, hopefully, Wheels is not dead before this next one is posted. Uh, mm-hmm. Survive, Wheels. Hold it. Hang in there. I'm fine. I'm just tired. That's all. <laughs> you say that, but uh, but yeah. Uh, otherwise, we will see you, Space Cowboys. And the heat in my house is always broke. Feels about 25 colder And I can't feel my fingers and toes I miss the G train with a passion That used to be reserved